the okay. first door I knocked on, that was it. That was the thirty-four thousand. The first was door. <laughs> the first door. This video is brought to you by Flipster, the nation's largest property database, including houses on the MLS and off-market leads, like pre-foreclosures and vacant homes. To find your next wholesale or fix and flip deal, start your free trial today at joinflipster.com. Stefan, thank you for taking time to do this interview. Thank you for reaching out to me, sharing with me that uh, I've been a little bit instrumental in your success. That's always exciting for me to see that and be a part of someone's journey. Um, I understand you got started about a year ago. Is that correct? I started looking into it about a year ago. I think I started taking action a year ago. Okay, great. So you started learning, studying, um, watching my YouTube channel, I understand, right? About a year ago. Yeah, yeah. Correct. Okay. Fantastic. And what was that process like? You was it you'd never heard of wholesaling real estate before, learn about it. And then what was your what was your experience like learning about that strategy? So that was pretty much it. Like I literally had no idea about it. I was literally on TikTok just scrolling. And then one day I came across a video of someone was talking about how you can make money wholesaling real estate. And to me, I was a little bit confused because I know wholesaling is when you buy something in bulk for cheap. <laughs> and then you pretty much resell it. So I didn't know you could actually do that in real estate. But then I saw the video and he was explaining, you get the property under contract and then you sell that contract to someone else. And it made sense. I used to run a marketing agency back then. So I didn't really start doing it right away. I was leaving that marketing agency world. And it took me a little bit of time before I, I started actually, this before I actually decided to do um, real estate wholesaling. Uh, it, it was kind of like analysis paralysis. That was pretty much it for me. So I was just watching stuff and never actually taking action. I even told my dad about it. He's like, oh yeah, you should do it. And then I would try it for a few days, put it in a little bit of work, but then never actually, you know, doing much. Gotcha. Yeah. So a lot of times we get stuck in that dabble or like you said, analysis paralysis where we're learning about something. Sometimes we even think and we tell ourselves, we kind of lie to ourselves and say that we're doing something. Um, but the real gauge as to whether or not you're you're doing this is when you pick up the phone and talk to somebody. So if you ever telling yourself, man, I was busy today, I was working on this, I was working on that, but you didn't actually talk to anybody, that's the indicator that you're just keeping yourself busy, you're finding a way to not do the business. It's all it always comes down to quality conversations with sellers or agents. That's how you build the business. So really, if you want to just succeed in this business, just do it enough times. You do it 100 times a month, you're going to get a deal. You do it 200 times a month, you're going to get two deals, right? And so like that's really as simple as you can make this business. Now, there's some other things like what's my offer price and how do I analyze a deal and, and how do I fill out the paperwork? I get that. But that part of it is like the 10%. The 90% of success is just having quality conversations over and over every day. And that's really what it's about. So sounds like you were kind of in that dabble stage. What happened for you where you turned it from learning and, and analyzing and, and then to actually picking up the phone? What was that like? Well, the thing is, I strongly believe that as human beings, we like to complicate our lives a lot more than it has to be. So we like to make things a lot more difficult than they actually have to be. So 
So at first when I actually said, I'm actually going to do this, but then when you make one, two, one, two, three calls, then I started complicating my life. I need a secret list. I need a secret strategy. I need something that nobody's doing. I'm going to try something completely different. So I'm going to go on Facebook marketplace. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. A bunch of different stuff. That's actually just wasting time and, you know, taking you away from actually getting to the goal and from getting you to where you want to be. So for me, it was that. So I knew what actually worked because I had all the information. Wholesaling, and I've had people ask me, if, you watch, if you've watched just one video on how to wholesale real estate, you literally understand how it works and you don't need more information, in my opinion, because it tells you what you need to do. You talk to someone, you get a dialer, whatever it is, you get a property, put it in the country, and then you find a buyer. They literally tell you how to do that. So you don't need to watch more videos. But for some reason, we keep watching more videos and complicating our lives. <laughs> That's strongly what I believe. And, and that's what yeah. I've done to myself a lot of times. I went on a Facebook group. I started looking. Someone said, I'm, I have a VA. I closed my first deal from the Philippines. I'm paying $4.50 or $3 an hour. And I did get a VA back then when I was dabbling into wholesaling, but I don't have the VA calling for a week. And I'm like, this doesn't work. Screw this. <laughs> so I went ahead and I hired the VA from them. And I pretty much pulled a list from PropStream the exact same list that every single person is pretty much pulling and had the vehicle that list. And that's where I got my first deal from, mm. which is doing the exact same thing. The boring, the boring work, what works. Boring. Everybody's looking for something different. Just the slog of it is where the winning happened. Yeah. Right. That's fascinating. I love that story. Thank you for sharing that because, you know, it really does just come down to taking the basic knowledge of how it works and just the application just to get up, get on the phone, get after it, do it. And that's where results happen. Love that. Right. Yeah, totally agree. So the first one was a tax delinquent. Is that right? Yes, that one was tax delinquent. Yes. Okay. So you got a tax delinquent list. You called the list, talked to a seller. Uh, was this in Tampa? That was in Tampa. Yeah. Okay. And so Tampa, guys, I mean, highly competitive market. People tell me all the time, you can't do this in Tampa. It's too competitive. You can't do it in Phoenix. Yes, you can. You can, doesn't matter any of that. And you, did you meet this seller in person or did you do it on the phone? So I had the VA call the list and the VA got the lead. And then I got the email. And then what I did is as soon as I got the email, after I saw it, I called him. So I called them, I talked to him on the phone and I realized uh, while I was talking to him, um, that he speaks Spanish. So I am originally from the Dominican Republic. So I'm like, guys, so I'll just speak, speak Spanish with him. Yeah. So I told him, I'll meet you at the property. And turns out he was actually also Dominican. He was an older guy. He just wanted to retire and move to D or whatever. So, so I met exactly him. With him. Yeah. So I met him at the property. So I went, met him in person, shook his hand. He said, I'll show you the house, show me the house. And then I just let him talk. I want to sell it for $210,000 for X, Y, and Z reason. Um, I just want to retire, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, all right, perfect. He's like, I'm like, would you be willing to negotiate? He's like, no, not really, yada, yada, yada. So to me, I was like, you know what? Screw it. I don't even know what I'm doing. I just put it on the contract. So I had for a contract. His, for his number, two, for his two, what number for was his it? 210. 210. For his okay. 10. I just, I like, oh, you know what? Screw it. Just Let's just sign a contract. I mm-hmm. will buy whatever. He's like, yeah, I was going to get a sign to put us on. Like, you don't have to put a for sale by owner sign. I'm just going to, we're just going to buy it from you. I'll talk to some of my partners, see what they think. And if we can actually work with that, we'll do it. Okay. Because I was like, I've got nothing to lose. If nothing, I'll just cancel the contract. It's not like a pre foreclosure that, you know, he can lose the house. There's nothing wrong with that. I'll just see what I can do. And if anything, I'll just cancel the contract. So I put the property um, under contract with him. And then after that, I went and I posted on Facebook Marketplace. I took pictures, all that kind of good stuff. 
it was a turnkey property pretty much. It, did, it didn't really need work. You could have done a little bit of stuff to it, but it didn't really need anything. The property looked great. It was turnkey. So I know you normally look for fixer uppers. So yeah. to me, I'm like, this is not a fixer upper, but screw it. Let's just see what happens. So I started marketing on Facebook groups and, and Facebook marketplace and a bunch of different At what places. Price? What price did you put it out for? I think I put it out for 230 just in case okay. someone wanted to negotiate. I could, have still get, I could at least get them down to 220 Okay. So I found a bunch of people. Nobody was really interested. I even went on Facebook groups and I looked up for old posts of yeah. people putting their emails. And I took all those emails and I emailed everybody. No one was really interested. But okay. I did have a guy that actually reached out to me and he was like, hey, uh, my name is John, whatever. And he said, you know, I saw it, but the numbers wouldn't really work for me. So I don't want to, uh, you know, give you an offer. It's the first time we're working together. I don't want you to feel like I'm lowballing you. I'm like, got it. Got it. I totally understand. Don't worry. I didn't even ask him for his offer. So then after that, the next day I reached out. I'm like, hey, how much would you actually pay for it? He said, I don't know, like 170, 180. I'm like, 170, 180. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I drive back to the house. I tell him, hey, can you meet me at the house? To the seller. He's like, sure. I'll get off work at this time. Meet me there at like 6 p.m. I go there. I sit with him. We talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. And I just let him talk. I'm like, hey, so come check out the property. So there's this, there's that. Here are some comps. I'm looking at some properties in there. This is how much they sell for. And those properties are pretty much brand new. There was a Zillow house actually on the same street that was selling. And it was very affordable around the same price, but it was a brand new house and all that. And then I, he said, no, I can't do that. I'm like, I got it. I understand. I was going to leave, but I'm saying, I said, you know what? Let me just sit down and just let him talk. And he just started talking. He said, you know what? I, the most I could do would be like 190. 190. Oh my God. I understand. You know what? I don't think we can do that. He said, well, I don't know. I'm like, let me call him and see what he does. So I took my phone and I called one of my roommates. I faked as if I was on a call with that, with the actual buyer. And I was like, Hey, listen, <laughs> I'm with the seller here. He said that he's willing to sell the house, but he's not hundred percent sure. He doesn't think the number is going to work. Would you be willing to do 190? Then I'm like, no, he said the most that he'd be willing to do would be like, 160, whatever. And then I kept going back and forth doing the same thing to where he agreed to sell it for 170. So then after that, I actually called the actual buyer. I'm like, hey, you said 170, 180. Could you do 180? He's like, yeah, cool. So I sent him the assignment of contract. He signed it for 180. So I did on the contract for 170 and then I signed it to him for 180. But the deal had actually a lot of meat on it, but I didn't actually know because that deal at the end, I realized that he ended up reassigning it and he made 23,000 <laughs> on top of my 10,000. It's and all then about who has the buyer. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And he actually sold it to a company. I don't know if you're familiar with New Western. Yeah. He sold it to them and they double closed on it and sold it to someone else for like two, for an extra like 10, 20 grand. Yeah. I don't know, something like that. But I didn't have access yeah, New to New Western is a big, they're actually a brokerage, um, but they do, they're in multiple states. They're a big wholesale outfit. They typically with New Western, just so you know this in the future, normally if you go, if you take your deal to a cash buyer, then the deal is you 50-50 JV. New Western, you you can actually say to them, um, here's the number I want. And they'll add like five grand on. They're happy to make like five grand. So you could make 25, they make five rather than 15 and 15. And they're totally cool with it. Mm-hmm. So Pretty never, much. never 50, 50 with new Western. If anybody's listening, if you guys have new Western in your state, uh, they have, a they have a really robust buyer list. They'll probably have a buyer that'll pay way more than any buyer you'll find. 
And again, they'll take a nominal fee and then you keep this difference. So you just tell them your number. So let's say in your case, you had it at 170. You could have gone the new Western and said, hey, my number to you is 200. What can you do? And then let's say they do 25, 210, whatever. And you would have made third. You would have kept your big spread. Does that make sense? Yeah, it goes to show you, though, that a couple of things I take away from your experience uh, from that story is one, don't ever think just because a seller says this is my number that that's actually their number. When someone says no, it just means no right now. No actually only means maybe, you know, and you just kept at it. You were persistent. You kept building that relationship. You kept coming back and saying, no, that's too high. That's too high. He came from 210 down to 170. That's a $40,000 reduction is what he ended up with. Um, So the other takeaway was that it's how important is it to continually find buyers because, you know, a limited buyer pool is going to limit what you can get. A bigger buyer pool means you're going to draw out those higher paying buyers. And then now let's talk about your second deal. How'd you find that deal? The second deal. Okay. So. I was bored. I, don't know, I was bored. So not I wasn't only bored. So I was on a Facebook group. And on a Facebook group, someone was saying that they were struggling, they were calling, and they weren't getting any leads. And I took a screenshot of that and I was checking on my phone and I saw it. And someone said in that comment, if you want to get your first deal within the next 30 days, here's what you need to do. Pull a list of pre-foreclosures or probate, get like 50 of them, and go door knock them. Mm. It's something different. Just go door knock them and then you're going to get your first deal. I, I I told someone to do this and he got three deals within like two months. I'm like, all right, cool. I had that. And then I saw it there and I was bored one day. I'm like, you know what? I'm not doing anything. I'm not the one making calls. So I'm just going to pull a list. I pulled it from PropStream and I went door knocking. The okay. first door I knocked on, that was it. That was the 34,000. The first was, door. <laughs> the first door. That was, I, I think that was luck because there's no way yeah. <laughs> the first door you knock. You well, make right it place at the right time, all the stars aligned. So you knocked that door, met the met the seller. It wasn't the seller. Okay. It was a tenant. tenant. She has some, some tenants in there and they gave okay. me her contact okay. information. So they gave you the contact information. Then you called the landlord, right? The, the buy and hold mm-hmm. investor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They were in pre-foreclosure. So they're, they're behind on payments. Mm-hmm. And then you made an offer. They gave you a number. How'd you get the price? So she gave me a number and her number was pretty high because the property needed a lot of work. The property had a pool. It was a beautiful house. You can do a lot with it. You can easily Airbnb it and make good money with that house. But she was asking for for a lot. And, you know, she bought that house two years ago. It was her husband that bought the house and then her husband stopped making the payments. So she couldn't really keep up with it and stuff. Um... So she just wanted to sell it because it wasn't pre-foreclosure. She was going to lose it. So she ended up making over a hundred grand within two years of having that house. So that's like the investment of a lifetime. But I don't remember exactly how much she was asking me for that property of the top of my head. I'm trying to remember, but I can't remember the exact numbers, but I do know that she asked me for um, a number. I went and I came back and I met with her again in person because for some reason, giving the offers in person worked for me. So I met with her again in person. That house was like five minutes away from my house. I'm like, that's fine. That's I don't mind. Go met with her in person, give her an offer a little bit lower than what she was asking for. And then I started marketing it. And then I called that same guy from New Western. He gave me an offer and he had some people go check it out. Some of his, some of their buyers. And then I assigned it to them. And my initial assignment fee on that property was going to be 12,500. 
But then after I signed it, I went back to the seller and I renegotiated again and I brought the assignment fee up to 34,000. Okay. So because you had, you came down another, whatever, 12 or 13. Another 20,000 pretty much. Oh, because okay. Last time it was yeah. 12,005. 12, okay. So you came, so then you went back and renegotiated down another 20,000 creating a $34,000 total spread now on your, on your deal. Yeah, exactly. And, and it worked because also because of the same reason I built rapport. She knew me, I knew her, I knew what she wanted. She's like, Hey, I want to buy a lot somewhere in Florida where it's cheaper. I don't want, I want to buy a couple of RVs to put on that lot, et cetera. It took me like two weeks to get the extra $20,000 um, um, price difference. But yeah. I literally started looking for places in Florida, Port Charlotte. I'm like, hey, here's here's three lots you can get for twenty thousand, thirty thousand, and then here's some RVs you can get. I talked to like twenty people in Facebook Marketplace that are selling RVs in the area. You can get them for like ten grand. So pretty much after you do this, you get the lot, you get the RVs, all in. You're at like fifty thousand plus. You have another fifty thousand dollars yeah. left cash. <laughs> so she's like, you know what? It makes sense. Let's do it. Well, I love that. That's a really great takeaway there, really great lessons that you've, that you've experienced. If you were to talk to somebody brand new, I mean, I think you shared some of your, your mindset around this, but what would be the number one thing that you could tell somebody just getting started to help them get their first deal? Just do what you know you should do because you already know what you need to do. Just stop wasting time. Just stop asking questions. Yeah. You can ask a couple of questions here and there, but at the end of the day, you already know what you need to do. Mm. Cause if you're watching this, that means you've seen something else you've seen enough that teaches you how to do wholesaling. So you know how it works. So you need to just take action because most people just keep asking questions and questions and questions. And that helps them feel like they're actually moving forward, but you're not, you're just wasting time. Really is that simple. I love that. Mm -hmm. Well, awesome. Thank you so much, Effin, for sharing your experience. Love that. You've been a wealth of knowledge. I hope you guys listening really take to heart what he's sharing here. Guys, leave a comment and say, Effin, you are a flipping genius. <laughs> Keep up the good work. Uh, I want to hear all about your success as you continue to grow the business and do deals. Uh, where are you hoping that you'll take the business? What's your what's your long-term goals? Long-term, I want to scale consistently to three to five deals every single month with an average of $20,000 per deal and take that money to buy properties in places like Indiana, Ohio, mm-hmm. and put tenants in them. Okay. Do you want to build out a portfolio? Yeah, uh, pretty much of Section 8 tenants. Yeah, great. Yeah. Good for you, man. Awesome. Thank you again. 